except one's a king and and the other one keeps talking about how she's gonna overthrow him yep <laughs> don't you just love when we go to parties and i just start talking about how oh god how i'm gonna take over the apartment and <laughs> you'll have she no can flap her mouth all she wants she's just on her drugs right now <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. And today we're discussing chapter five, loyalties. So this chapter starts out with kind of a brief overview of how leaders are selected and transitions into talks about the queen. Yes. Um, It kind of discusses how the six duchies have never defaulted to men being the leaders of everything and how it's Mm -hmm. just the eldest child. Which I approve of as an eldest child. (laughs) Um, But it's kind of similar to the Mountain Kingdom and how they, well, maybe not the eldest child getting everything, but the idea, the stewardship idea, which is a lot like the sacrifice. Yeah. It's a little less intense. They're really into doing everything for the people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like a lot of that stems from their island heritage. Because the women were leaders out there. Right. And Taker came and established his kingdom. But I also feel like since they're a very primitive culture and they have a lot of wars with people in general, Charles said every year there are raids from the Out Islanders. They kind of need everybody to be able to step up and do their part kind right. of thing. But keep wants you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it kind of goes through a a discussion of that and then leads into how the queen lady desire the second queen of king shrewd and the mother of regal Mm -hmm. decided to give up her title as duchess yes well she was forced to give it up because she i mean she decided to marry shrewd so i guess yeah yeah, it was her choice to give it up to take on the title of queen because that's the custom to do so you have to you can't govern two different peoples and do it well yeah so if you're going to be for the people you need to give up your lesser title and she is discussed here as regretting that in her later years and she disdains the two older princes and points out that her son Regal is more noble than both of them Mm -hmm. and kind of our whole info dump on the queen we kind of get in this one spot but also why do you think it is that she has convinced herself that her power would have been greater as a duchess uh, having no connection at all to the king she thinks she would have been more powerful than him if she would have not married him I feel like we don't have a full grasp of the politics of the six duchies. Right. But I mean, the, the dukes and the duchesses of these different, uh, duchies of the six <laughs> duchies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, they have a lot of autonomy. It seems like yeah. they are brought in for discussions a lot on different topics and taxes and things like that. And, with her being a duchess of one of the only two inland duchies, mm-hmm. she would have had a lot of power there in general because 
I think the king, even though he's a king, relies on the influence and the votes of the other people. Right. Because he's he's ruling for the people as well, and mm-hmm. he needs to take in the opinion of all of the other rulers out there because he can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. And since she's the second wife, she doesn't have as much influence in the the lineage like that precedence that the first queen does. So yeah, therefore is probably seen as not having as much power in general. That'd be my guess at least. Hmm. Which is interesting in a society where women aren't necessarily shoved into the role of you have to be a mother and that's all you have that she would then feel trapped by having a third son and being the second wife instead of like making something for herself, you know, I don't know. I guess it just feels like maybe she could have had a lot of power if she would have tried to use it for the duchies and not like against her husband. She seems very spiteful in general. So I feel like she kind of channeled that hatred and jealousy inward and just kind of (laughs) self-destructed everything around her. Right. So along that line, then, do you think that Shrewd married her because he believed she really might have influence and wanted to stop her from being able to separate the inland duchies from the outer, the outland Mm, area? Or do you, and like she found out or something or, and that's why she hates him. I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to say, Like, do you think he used her or do you think he was just sad because his wife died? Right. His uh, first wife died. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That would be really bad. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she did. Um, I. I want to say that's a really good thing, and I think that Shrewd would probably do that. But I seem to recall somewhere in the hazy back of my brain that. It's said that the first marriage for Shrewd was political and the second one he did for love. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like backfired on him. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But I, I couldn't quote you a source on that. <laughs> so it okay. possibly could be just like Shrewd being intelligent and trying to stabilize his power only in the kingdom. Right. For the future. But it could be just a bad relationship. <laughs> okay. Well, that does, I don't know. Yeah. It could also be that for love. I mean, that would make more sense considering he seems to not believe her capable of anything. But I was just like reading it and wondering if maybe she realized that he was holding back her power on purpose and like he just let it slip or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it, it kind of mentions here as well that... Some people even referred to her as the Inland Queen mm-hmm. and that she had severe issues with addiction to stimulants yes. and intoxicants, both alcoholic and herbal. And she did die to her addictions later on. Yeah. It says before she finally succumbed to her addictions, she was responsible for nurturing the rift between the Inland and the Coastal Duchies, which is way more apparent in the last book, I believe, of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. When Regal takes over and yes. there's a huge divide. He moves the kingdom, the capital, the inland, mm-hmm. and everything is on the verge of civil war. Right. 
But also, um, I just want to point out that uh, she, like we said, she does not like the other two sons. Um, And it said she never concealed her disdain for them. And that's kind of sad. I mean, I guess I don't specifically remember much about Shrewd's first wife or any information. Maybe we'll come upon it earlier, but like, presumably, because Regal isn't so much younger than the boy, the other two, the boys, <laughs> they're the boys. adult men. Yeah, <laughs> but, what, like eight years, maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah. So if you think about it like that, like they've known her for a good chunk of their life and she's always hated them. I don't yeah. know. I maybe she was nice at first, you know, trying to get in it, trying to get close to the king and pretending to like his kids. And then she got pregnant and is like, all right, those kids could get lost. I don't know. <laughs> but I just thought it was really sad that, you know, two kids lose their mother and then the next mother figure in their life hates them. <laughs> so Definitely. There's a lot of, um, a lot of issues with parental figures in this series in general. Um, and we get to Fitz getting accustomed to his schedule, his non-schedule with Shade. Yes. He grew to look forward to his dark time encounters with Shade. So he's finally not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. He has a, if not a friend, a, a companion, someone yes. he enjoys spending time with and looks forward to being with. And he starts learning a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And Shade has no regard for how his schedule might affect a growing (laughs) young boy. Yes. (laughs) Anytime during the night is fair game, whether it's right after he goes to bed or, you know, three in the morning or something. Mm -hmm. It's all fair because Shade is, you know, up at all hours using all kinds of different concoctions to uh-huh. stay awake and oh yeah back and from I, missions and things i definitely like to think that like the spaces of time where he's not with fitz is happening because he like gets really absorbed in a project and just isn't thinking about fitz and then like suddenly remembers he has fitz and is like oh yeah the kid yeah. <laughs> a week even two might go by between meetings or he might summon me every night for a week straight oh yeah i don't know i just imagine him like, he could be going out as Lady Time as well. That's true. So I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's mentioned that she is an established presence and makes visits around every once in a while. So mm-hmm. he might be going and visiting different uh, duchies. Hmm. But he learns a, he learns a, a lot of different things. Very yeah. varied. Um, it's not a strict curriculum or anything like that he learns about uh plants and herbs and where to find them <laughs> which um, i love the part where he's talking about how he has to collect the herbs that he's drawn the night before um but it says that shade never saw fit to hint as to whether i should look in the kitchen garden or in the darker nooks of the forest for those herbs but find them i did <laughs> and just yeah go ahead and find those Yep. And Fitz isn't going to ask. He's just like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny because, of course, Fitz isn't going to ask any questions. He's just going to say, sure. And yep. and do it. And yeah. he did it. And he did it. 
so learning a lot about observation in general Mm -hmm. learns uh, and plays stealing games stealth games memorization games Um, he learns to befriend the castle and the workers there and the common folk Mm -hmm. and he earns a good reputation for himself as well i forgot how likable Fitz is to everybody before the whole like he's witted comes out he kills the king kind of thing comes out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that whole thing um but I forgot that in the I mean I guess because just so recently I read the last books but I I forgot that people really like him and they look up to him and they respect him they want him to like them they jump at the chance to explain what they're doing I don't know. I just, it was nice to see that things weren't as bad as Fitz maybe thought that they were. Yeah. I mean, at least the, to begin with. In the first, I don't know if it was the first or second chapter, he earns a reputation for uh, being quick to anger and yelling because he mm-hmm. repels the, the barrel man or whatever who is being yes, mean to him. That jerk, I remember. <laughs> and now Shade is helping him establish a well-earned reputation for being a sharp young lad and asking interesting Mm -hmm. questions and being friendly. And it really goes a long way in his relationships in general. Yeah. Well, it can't hurt that he is acknowledged by the king. Oh yeah, definitely. And is finally at the keep. uh And then he's talking to the lower common folk, which would feel really good knowing that somebody technically of royalty (laughs) is trying to ask you questions and know more about you. It'd be kind of what people think about Verity in general. Oh, he soldiered with his mm-hmm. own men and he campaigns with them and he's like us. Yeah. It's kind of like just, yeah, it would feel good as, as a servant or a cook or whatever, yeah. what have you to be, um, talk to and ask questions about and teach somebody else about what you're interested in. So there are other things that he learned, like a lots of different things he learned just general observations about people. He learns how to lie very well because Shade tells him to have stories ready just in case he uh-huh. gets caught at any of his toy or at any of the stealing things because Shade wasn't going to protect him. He learns sleight of hand and he learns a lot of killing. Yeah. He learns about a lot of killing. Where to stab somebody so their blood doesn't come out very fast. Mm-hmm. Like just a bunch of random things that are described here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, he's he's like 10 and a half, maybe just 10 yeah. <laughs> at this point. Well, I liked or I guess I thought it was interesting that um, he doesn't really go on too much about the killing skills. No, just That's one kind paragraph. Of, yeah. And everything else is so extrapolated on that. It's. Just really, I just find it interesting that we're seeing things through Fitz where he longs for the times when it was just this fun mischief that he got into. He was just hiding a pair of scissors and, you know, and and the killing stuff. Yeah, I learned that too. Like all these crazy, scary things. But back to the pranks. And I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting because we know that Fitz doesn't like being an assassin. He never does and And yet he kind of craves it later on but yeah it's it's a complicated relationship for sure um it's but yeah we see it here and it's so it's done so well because it's just a subtle little mm -hmm. yeah rob does 
Hobb. Robin Hobb <laughs> does a really great job of showing Fitz's character development through how she writes and the structure mm-hmm. of it, not just showing how he thinks and things like that, because we get this small paragraph here about the killings. I think later on there's a mention of him later on in the, in the book, there's a mention of him killing for the first time. And it's like a sentence and everything else surrounding his life is much more in depth and in detail. Mm -hmm. And you don't really dive into that. And you can kind of see through that how withdrawn Fitz is from those processes in general. And how he doesn't really want to focus on those things. Right. It's really interesting and, and a subtle insight into his mind and how he thinks mm-hmm. rather than kind of slapping you in the face with it. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to see that unfold. Yeah, definitely. Um, it says that he pursued all these tasks with a single minded devotion to Chade and anything he commanded. Um, he really went at this with like a boy's mind that this was all a game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I want to draw a quick comparison to later in the series with Rosemary, who is the little girl that Mm -hmm. Ketrakin has Uh as a serving maid Mm -hmm. for her that Ketrakin or Ketrakin, I don't know, we'll decide later. uh, She saves as like an orphan, but Regal kind of takes Rosemary and makes her listen to all the things that Ketchikin says and repeat them back to him mm-hmm. and eventually has her rub grease on the stair when she's pregnant and makes um, the queen fall down. I got a new like perspective thinking yeah. about her from plugging her into Fitz's spot here, actually, yeah. because Regal does exactly what Shade does. It's it's probably a game to her. Mm-hmm. And I was as mad as Fitz was when he found out what she was doing and yeah. that she was back later and things like that. And it just, I thought it was an interesting comparison that it's so easy to prey on the minds of these young impressionable people yeah. and just send them to do tasks and they'll be happy to do it because you're being nice to them. Yeah. Especially somebody who's an orphan or somebody who was dropped off and feels really lonely. Yeah. And I really think it is kind of a manipulation um, of Fitz. 100%. I mean, he, I don't know. He's thriving under Shade's approval because Shade is using, knowing that this kid probably doesn't get a ton of approval and just being super loving to him. And maybe that is partially because who doesn't like Fitz? Right. But <laughs> I don't think Shade's being malicious no. in his intent even. I, th- I think he actually does care for Fitz a lot. Definitely. And he does love the company and loves teaching somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I totally agree that it is. Shade knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he knows how to indoctrinate somebody into loyalty to completing orders just yeah. as they're given to giving someone's loyalty and attention to one task. And mm-hmm. that's it. But he does a he does a couple other tasks here. <laughs> and some of them are kind of important. Fitz later says that he doesn't know why really most of them were done in general. Yeah, because at this of, point he's not he's setting his mind onto how I would do a thing rather than why. So he's not asking why yet, which is kind of what Shade wants. He wants 
Oh yeah, definitely. An obedient. It's, this is a big fight between them for the rest of Fitz's life that he just needs to trust Jade and do what's asked of him. And some of these tasks are one treating uh, Bingtown traders' cups with something so they get more intoxicated than they are planning to. Mm-hmm. Pretty obvious that. Yeah, they'll probably get more favorable trades that way if they're a little bit drunker yeah. than they should be. Also, a reference to Bingtown, which is... Yep. I a, think that's our first mention of it, maybe? I think you're right, but I just thought that was fun. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and later the same month, I concealed one puppet from a visiting puppeteer's troop so that he had to present the incidents of the matching cups, a lighthearted little folktale, instead of the lengthy historical drama he had planned for the evening, which I think was just something to test fits, but something that Shade didn't want to be bored with while he was listening in the walls either. <laughs> True. He's like, you know what? I've heard enough. Yep, I know I, this guy. I need to be there, but at the same time, like, it's a puppet play. I don't want to be there. <laughs> so shorten it up. Let's wrap it up quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's one where he adds an herb to a girl's afternoon, a serving girl's afternoon pot of tea so that she and three of her friends were stricken with loose bowels and could not wait the tables that night. Do you think that's anything important or is that just another test? I was thinking maybe that, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just hoping for the good nature of Shade and the King, but maybe there were like some creepy guys going to be at in the keep at the tables and they wanted to protect these younger girls who they know are susceptible to these creepy men that are coming. That was just Head my cannon. immediate thought yeah can yeah. <laughs> now yep that's that's, that's 100% the reason they were at- maybe jason was visiting and they're like <laughs> no, no keep- <laughs> jason is a good man he would never but i don't know so i just i i guess when i read that i immediately thought oh maybe they're trying to protect the girls from something but also maybe them not being there to be able to be seduced means that an unfavorable person leaves sooner or something True. i don't yeah. know I mean, I, I kind of assume that there's some sort of reasoning behind all of these that the king mm-hmm. or Jade or both have concocted right. and thought up, but I don't know if all of them are just tests or if some yeah. of them are... But also, awful thought that you just drink your cup of tea with your friend and then <laughs> you have, like, loose bowels for the rest of the night. Oh, Yikes. Those poor girls. Um, And then there's one where... Fitz gives a horse a limp by yes. tying like a string around one of the hooves, basically, mm-hmm. um, and force it, it forces the noble to stay in the keep by longer, a few days than he was planning on staying. Yeah. Which was obviously politically important in some way that we don't really have a glimpse into. Mm-hmm. And there is... Uh, another one here that is very important that we need to discuss. It's Lord Jessup and his lady visiting. Yes. So King, the King has gathered everybody in to talk about the increase of out Islander raids. Right. Wink, wink. <laughs> There's stuff brewing, you know, yeah. another hint by Hob to watch mm-hmm. out for those in the future. Like this might be important. Yep. And they are discussing adding taxes to raise more money to build more warships, mm-hmm. which the coastal duchies, of course, are all for because they want more protection for right. themselves. Because they're being directly affected by this issue. Yeah, exactly. And the inland duchies are like, no, we don't want that. Probably because of money. But we're not given a reason, but yeah. I would assume well, more taxes they mean don't, more money. 
but also they're not seeing any of the effects. Their people oh, right. aren't getting attacked. They don't have to send anybody to protect anything. They're living a normal life and you know, that's they, what I mean. Like yeah. they don't want that extra money going that they somewhere have that they, to pay. Right. That they can't even see. Be- yeah. Cause yeah. they don't know what the effects are. So Lord Jessup and his lady are visiting lady Delilah, lady, uh, Dahlia. Oh, Dahlia. You're yes. Right. Um, Jessup and Lord Jessup and Lady Dahlia. They were from an inland duchy. So they were naturally against the taxes for the warships. Lord Jessup was at the meetings. Lady Dahlia took no interest at all and was wandering around Buckkeep. Um, and Chade quickly tells Fitz without like having to plan it with him or anything. There's going to be a note. From Lady Dahlia going to Regal's room. Make sure Regal does not get it. Mm-hmm. So he steals the note and a flower that this little serving girl delivers to the room. And it says, from the way the girl slipped in, I was convinced this was not her first mission. Right. So what we get from this is that Regal being the son of a former inland duchess. Mm-hmm has this inland lord and lady coming and the ladies wandering around the halls of Buckheap looking or wandering for no reason. I'm mm-hmm. assuming looking for Regal to have a tryst with or something like that. Because it mentions later that once he didn't get the note, he starts flirting outrageously with everybody else, even more so than usual. And he's more sharp. And he's more sharp than usual. So my thought is that the queen was trying to arrange something between them to ensure their loyalties to not get these warships going. Yeah. To prevent these taxes to being added onto the buck people in general. And when the note is not delivered, it says that Lady Dahlia is way more sharp. She took an interest in the proceedings and was all of a sudden for building more warships. Mm-hmm. And Regal, as we said before, was more sharp in general. Yeah. And the queen expressed her displeasure over this change of alliance by excluding Lady Dahlia from a wine tasting in her chambers. Yeah, I agree. I think the queen is behind this. I think she sent her son to seduce somebody and maybe he did kind of like her too. But I think it was more of like a political thing where he's trying to seduce her into telling her husband that they don't need to add on more taxes. And if you do this, then you'll be in favor with the queen and like, Oh, I just love you so much. And maybe if you can convince your husband, we can run away together or some dumb thing. And maybe this note was like a confirmation of like, yeah, I really love you. And I think that we should like, like, when when are we meeting Uh kind of thing or meet me at this time. And then he never shows up. And and that's why she's exploring quote unquote. uh Keep, No, well, she is exploring before this, so I'm sure she wasn't exploring looking for him. I'm sure she waited at the spot and he never came. And maybe he's butthurt because (laughs) um, he thinks that his seducing didn't work and he probably thinks himself hot stuff. Well, we know he's very handsome, but (laughs) he probably is a little bit upset that his, you know, charms didn't work on a lady and she's mad because he stood her up. Regal remained his usual self, save that he was even sharper than usual and seemed to flirt even more outrageously with every lady. (laughs) Yep. Um, 
Fitz is kind of mystified and he doesn't really know the reasons why he did that. And mm-hmm. Jade kind of rebukes him and reminds him that he is a tool. Yes. He is. He and Jade are both tools, but they are the best in the king's tool set, basically. Mm-hmm. He also says only shrewd may plan the moves and plot his game. Which is a, a, a lie. Is slash- it the- because maybe right now it is only shrewd. It could be. And I just was wondering if, you know, when does that switch happen? Because by the end of the series, he's kind of like, who cares what the king says? I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> so I just I wonder when the switch happened for him that like he decides that it doesn't matter. Because I feel like even Verity, when he becomes king, doesn't care about Shade's network of spies and Verity he has a lot on his plate he at that does point, though. but i'm just saying like do you think that's when he decides okay it's not just the king anymore i'm gonna do what i want it's i'm guessing it has to do with when shrewd falls ill and shade has to start taking medicine to him and they have those like nightly talks yeah i would guess but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is just the king just now. I always yeah. assumed it's like both of them kind of planning together because they're mm-hmm. both incredibly intelligent. Definitely. But it could be just I, shrewd. I assume, shrewd for sure has the final word. Well, yeah. And I guess looking at this and also just remembering comments that he makes later on of like, King Shrewd appreciated my work. Right. Um, Just seems like. He did all the spying and he had this whole network of spies and people looking into things, but he took all of that information to the king and then he decided what to do with that information. And Shade could like help direct based on his knowledge, but I don't think he was really calling any shots by any means. No, probably not. I mean, it's at that point, it's delegation, but not micromanagement. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure Shrewd trusted his. Right half-brother to investigate the correct leads and then bring him the best information about those things so um and then we kind of get a small paragraph here that says shade found the limits of fitz's obedience where with the the laming of the horse where he wanted to keep the noble in the castle for a few days Mm -hmm. shade had suggested actually injuring the horse and Fitz basically says no. So let this 10-year-old, well, he's probably close to 11. It says the spring, summer, fall, and then burgeoning on winter. So he's probably close to 11, 10 and three quarters-ish. Mm-hmm. This boy just says, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to hurt an animal. There's ways to do it without it. <laughs> and it says that Chade never really comments comments on that and he says i do not know how chade felt about my refusal to this day so kind of the same thing chade is trusting fitz to get this done because he tasked him with it right but he's got to trust him to do his job right like you you can't micromanage him Mm -hmm. everything yeah this young boy is going to be resourceful and come up with a solution on his own nurture that because he's going to need it later yeah and Also, I thought this was an interesting, like, he is finding a way to do something that somebody else hasn't thought of, and he's doing it 
in a different way. Um, he's finding a way to do something in a way other people haven't thought of. And he's just kind of changing the outcome overall. I mean, if he would have done it Shade's way, this horse would have been lame for a while, not just a few days. It wouldn't have been as temporary. I guess I don't know much about horses. Um, but I kind of just thought that that was an interesting little, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but to me it stood out as even now he's the changer. He's a catalyst. He's doing yeah. things. He's not just resorting to violence, which would be super easy to do in this profession. Um, he's changing the way this profession is being treated, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Kind of quickly goes over how the king meets him once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say, am I keeping up my side of the bargain? It says yes, and he's dismissed. Um, just to show that he's being checked in with, mm-hmm. making sure everything is there, that this loyalty, this bargain is brought up every time. And then Chade gives him an extremely difficult assignment. Um, and it says it's just on the very cusp of winter's tooth. So I think the first time that he met Chade was in the winter. It was extremely cold. Um, it's been about a year so because he spent all summer yeah. doing the tasks. It's almost a year at this point. So he's probably 10 and a half, 10 and three quarters. Oh, I figured like 11. Well, he was just about 10 when Chade met him the first time, I think, at the end of last chapter. Well, if it was winter, I mean, assuming his birthday is in winter, which is made up by me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. A, yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah. And they were talking about, you know, some tasks that Fitz did very well and mm-hmm. Chade was complimenting him and... He really acts it up in this scene and compliments him and says, oh, you're so good. I have a really challenging task for you, but I don't think you're ready yet. Here's a game instead. And it's just a challenge to, you know, an 11 year old. Right. Just like, hey, okay, what is it, though? Yeah, but I could do it. Yeah, I I swear. Definitely. Jade goes through this whole game of like teaching him what marbles are in my hand kind of thing and mm-hmm. asking him questions and just feeding him little scraps in between asking him about the marbles just to feed him a little bit more along it keeps his mind half distracted so he's not really thinking about it he's just getting more and more excited it's that anticipation of learning what to do because he wants to do it he wants to please Chade because mm-hmm. Chade is his friend at this point uh-huh. and then he says Bring me something personal from the king's night table. And it kind of derails from there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Fitz becomes incredibly conflicted right away. We see that right away in the text. Right. He needs to be loyal to Shrewd. But Shade is the one who Shrewd told him to obey. Shade's instruction was a part of the bargain Shrewd and I had made. Yeah, exactly. And and yet each time that they meet, Shade begins 
by formally reminding Fitz of the bargain that Mm -hmm. Shrewd and him made. So he's reminded of this loyalty to both of them at all points. Right. And Chade is trying to test him on the king's behalf. We learn this a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Chade doesn't like it, but at the same time, he is a consummate actor and is extremely loyal to the king. Right. In his own right. So he does this to test Fitz and just plays it up like, no, you're not stealing, you're borrowing. Like, don't be, don't be dumb, Fitz. Like, this yeah. is, it's this just is a just game. a game. Like, <laughs> stop being, you know, uh, spoiled and yeah. it's just a bit of mischief. He and, says, King Shrewd can appreciate a good jest when he's shown one. Yeah. Which, a little bit scary when the guy sh- that you're, you know, joking around with could behead you if you yeah. wanted to. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. And. Um, Finally, Fitz is, I, I can't do it. I mean, I won't do it. Not from King Shrewd. Name any other, anyone else's room. I'll do it. Remember when I took Regal Scroll? You'll see. I can creep in anywhere. And and Shade acts up being confused and puzzled. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to explain himself as an 11-year-old. Like, I can't do it. I'm so conflicted right now. And Shade just gets incredibly angry and tells him off and yells at him that it's a simple test. There's nothing disloyal. You, are you calling me disloyal? It just lays out everything that someone wouldn't be able to respond to, basically. Right. And Fitz has never had Shade get mad at him. He's never even raised his voice at Fitz. Yeah. So this would be a little scary. I mean... And it says you know. here, His words had left me reeling. He pulled away from me, and I felt my small world rocking around me as his voice went on coldly. And he dismisses him. Best you get back to your bed, little boy. Think exactly how you insulted me tonight. To insinuate I'd somehow be disloyal to our king. Crawl down the stairs, you little craven. And the next time I summon you, ha! If I summon you again, come prepared to obey me, or don't come at all. Now go. And... It destroys Fitz. Mm-hmm. The words, he, he pulled away from me and I felt my small world rocking around me as his voice went on coldly. That he literally is pulled away from Fitz's lonely world. That was like his only thing that he was kind of tethering to. Right. In the keep, because before this he had Hod, he had his chores with Beric, but... They weren't they really were just, talking to him. They were or... just lessons and chores yeah. and he had his... Uh, like the summer lessons that were mentioned and the winter lessons. Mm -hmm. But those were all just instructors. Chade was somebody he could sit down after a lesson with and have a hot cup of tea and and talk in front of a fire. Mm -hmm. And now it's pulled away. So Fitz gets physically ill. Yeah. Which I think all this has been manipulation on Chade's part. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's just so... I mean, he starts starts with praising him, the, you know, false sense of security, mm-hmm. and then trying to convince him with, it's all in good fun, and then to, well, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to, and then to anger. And it's interesting that at no point is Fitz wavering on, oh, maybe I should do this. He's just trying to find a way to explain it to Shrewd so that, or not Shrewd, to Shade, so that he can not have to do this. He's never wondering, oh, maybe should I steal something from the king? He's 
adamant he will not steal something right. from the king. Do you think that is part of the skilling that Shrew did to him during the bargain mm-hmm. for like an installation of loyalty? Or do you think that is just Fitz being raised well by Beric and having right. that loyalty being reminded and shown to him every time he has a lesson? Do you think it's like the supernatural magic or do you think it's just him? I feel like it might be a little bit of both. That's fair. Um, I don't. Yeah. Like I like we said before, I don't think we both don't think that shrewd skilling was very strong. Mm-hmm. It might have just been like in a suggestion or a gentle pushing one way or just yeah. to see what Fitz was feeling. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. I'm I not mean, sure. it's definitely partially how he was raised. I mean, Burek is all about the loyalty. Yes. So big into loyalty. And that would be very important to Fitz. Um, and we see that he takes after Burek and not harming the horse, you know, like yeah, thinking exactly. of the horse. Yeah. Um, also, he's with it. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, would feel that too. <laughs> that too. But I think it also has to be a little bit of um, the skill. And I wanted to talk more about it later, um, which I'll bring it up again. But I definitely feel like, I mean, he's so physically ill about this. He's so hardline about being straight down the middle of Mm -hmm. not doing it. So I I kind of agree with you in that way. I think Fitz is very loyal Mm -hmm. and he was raised that way and he's he's a very good person but also that doesn't make you have the symptoms yeah especially because he loves shade and he trusts shade and shade is saying it's okay and that isn't enough to make him do it which i feel like a normal 11 year old who had a mentor that he trusted that he's always been doing these things for him would see that and be like, okay, well, if he's asking, it's probably fine. Right. But he's like, no, it, I can't do it. So. Yeah, Fitz is literally, feels physically ill going downstairs. Mm-hmm. And he gets described basically as a lot of things in gray. He has no purpose. He gets instantly depressed. Like a yeah. deep depression. Clinically depressed. Yeah. Instant, like, snap. Yeah. It's crazy. And it just, he has no direction. He's listless. He's not really paying attention to anybody. And Burek noticed right away. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's his dad, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at first he's like mad because, you know, it's like, oh, this kid, he thinks he can just get away. And then he's like, oh, no, something's wrong. Yep. And Fitz kind of convinces him, no, it's fine. He goes back up to the keep. He's not doing well in weapon training. Nope. He's... His head was pounding and his legs were shaky when he returned to the keep. He had no stomach for the noon meal or loud conversations. And he fell into a deep sleep right after. Like, this was at noon. He went, mm-hmm. he went to sleep. Woke up, I don't know, a few hours later. And he thought about getting up and going to his afternoon lessons that he had missed. But he's like, no, and felt, goes back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And Burek sends somebody to check on him. Yep. It's it's really hard to imagine what that feels like from going in one day. Like, yeah. he, he was so happy with himself, pleased. He was laughing with Chade. And then all of a sudden, one switch, and everything is 
described as gray. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's so many references to gray and to doing nothing here. Yeah. And that first night he goes to bed and he's waiting to be summoned. And he isn't going to go if he is. And he's just waiting because he doesn't know what's worse, getting called and not going or not getting called at all. And I mean, even here, he's just not budging because Shade told him, don't bother coming back if you're not going to listen to me. Right. And so he just really feels like I've lost this whole part of my life that I've been participating in for a year because I'm I can't go back because I'm not going to obey him in this. And ugh. it happens. It, this goes on for a few days mm-hmm. and it says that he's accepting all the admonishments and the rebuking from his teachers with oblique acceptance. He can't focus at all. Uh, he has a headache that never ceases and his stomach stayed so clenched on itself that food held no interest for me. Mm hmm. The very thought of eating made me weary. Can't relate, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's he's heart sick, and Burek waits two days, <laughs> and then in a very dad-like fashion forces him to take medicine <laughs> that makes him throw up. Yep, and now he can't drink plum wine ever again because yep, he rinsed out his mouth with plum wine after uh-huh. throwing up and. He dragged him upstairs to to Burek's room above mm-hmm. the stables, and he would have taken me back to the loft again had I not insisted that I wanted my own bed. So after dinner, Burek is like, "All right, back to the loft." And Fitz is like, "No, Dad." <laughs> but he also wants to be there in case Shade comes during the yeah. middle of the night. Yeah, like that's why he wants to go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then. Shade doesn't summon him again, obviously, because it's it's a test seeing how Fitz reacts to all of this and what he actually does and if he actually gives in to steal from Shrewd. Uh-huh. And he has basically fever dreams. Well. That's what it seems like to him. Right. A headachey sort of near sleep claimed me. Any sounds seemed too loud, and I was either too hot or too cold, no matter how I fussed my covers. I closed my eyes, but even my dreams were bright and annoying, arguing voices as loud as if they were in bed with me, and all the more frustrating because it sounded like one man arguing with himself and taking both sides. He's skilling. Mm-hmm. This is possibly the second time he's skilled. The first time might have been... The not repel, uh-huh. the push yes. against uh, Molly's father, but we're yeah. not confirmed on that. But this is the first time that we know as 100% fact he has to be skilling. Uh-huh. And it's, I mean, children skill in dreams a lot, it seems. I mean, I guess Nettle does for sure. Right, right. And maybe dutiful? I don't know. I, that but. might be Fitz kind of leaking into both of them mm. as well. Fair. But, um... This is Shade and Shrewd arguing yeah. about and this task. I thought it's interesting that he views them as one man mm-hmm. arguing with himself and taking both sides. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just because they're so similar. I mean, they're brothers and they look apparently look very similar. That's what um, I was well, thinking. Well, before too. the pock marking. Yeah. But yeah, so I just thought it was like interesting that I was kind of curious like if 
they were if he intruded on a skill conversation between shade and trude mm-hmm. in shade's mind and that's why he thought it was one person but i don't think so i think it's no. just a similarity between shade yeah. and trude because well, i think shrewd would recognize that well also shrewd doesn't really have any skill ability right now right now yeah he does mm. shrewd yeah yeah no he doesn't hand of a master Fitz says in there, this was the first time I was manipulated by the hand of a master. Oh, not Shrewd. Sorry, Shade. I was like, yeah, Shrewd has it, but Shade does not right. have any skill right now. He struggles really hard to get anything to happen later, I distinctly remember, yeah. whenever he's teaching Dutiful and Thick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it could be a skilled conversation just because I don't think Shrewd, or sorry, Shade, <laughs> their names are so close. Uh, I don't think Shade can use the skill at all i seem to remember maybe it's just between skilled users both themselves but i thought a skilled user could go into somebody else's mind and talk to them mm. yeah. but that, i mean i i'm pretty sure it's just because shade and trude are similar and that's why Fitz is in like a fever dream and thinks that they're the same person arguing yeah but i just thought you know yeah potential no definitely um and Shade, we come into the middle of the conversation, this argument, and Shade is saying, break him like you broke the other one. You and your stupid tests. Who's the other one? I don't know. I don't think Shade said, break him like you broke the other one. No? I think Shrewd is telling Shade, break him like you broke the other one. But it's continued on, you and your stupid tests, and that's the same person who said it. So well, he assume... thinks it's one man arguing with himself. None right. of this sounds like it's two people talking. I think it. I think it is two people. Like I think it's separated out where Shrewd only says one thing, and that's that second part. It says, "Break him like you broke the other one." He'd mutter angrily, "You and your stupid tests." And then colon can't be too careful. Can't put your trust in just anyone. Blood will tell. Test his metal. That's all. And later, Shrewd says. I won't test your metal like that again. Yeah. So I think that's the line that Shrewd says, and then it goes back to Chade. Metal, you want a brainless blade, go hammer it out yourself. Beat it flat, and more quietly, I've got no heart for this. I'll not be used again. If you wanted to test my temper, you've done it. And then, don't talk to me about blood and family. Remember who I am to you. It isn't loyalty she's worrying about, or mine. So my... My thoughts on it was that Shade said, break him like you broke the other one, you and your stupid tests. Mm. And we're coming into the middle of that conversation. Because I don't think Shrewd even want that. Shrewd doesn't want him broken. He just wants to test it. I mean, we don't really know what Shrewd really wants because he's always putting on a show for Fitz. I mean, he's always... true. Taking Fitz in whenever he's the seemingly the most vulnerable, when he's in the bathroom, when he's getting dressed for the day, he's not. So it like makes him seem. I, I took it as he's putting on a show to make it seem like, see, I trust you. I'm super vulnerable around you, and he's really just trying to get into Fitz's head that like this sense of bonding. Um, but I don't know what the king feels for fits i don't i just don't trust it 
because we only get it from Fitz's point of view and he may or may not be skilled to be loyal to the king. Um, so I don't know. I read it as break him like you broke the other one as that's the king and he's angry because this whole thing hasn't concluded yet. And then, you know, you and your stupid tests is the response back from shade. And then it goes into the longer by the king. Cause I think the end is also the king. Don't talk to me about blood. And I feel like that. I thought that was the king originally as well, but I'm almost positive that the can't be too careful. Can't put your trust in just anyone. Blood will tell test his metal. That's all. I'm almost positive. That's the king. So then the response to that was, don't talk to me about blood and family. That would be shade. Because he would take that as the king trying to, like, mm. blood will tell about this. And then shade's like, don't talk to me about blood and family. Like, you know where my loyalties lie, basically. You know who I am. Remember who I am. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, because there's, there's no names here. And but, it's not separate. He thinks it's the same person. So, right. yeah. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, who do you think she is? I was going to get to that, but do you have any idea about the other one was at the beginning? Break him oh, like right. you broke the, the other, other one. one? I have no idea about that, actually. Maybe there was another bastard? Maybe Verity had one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm Or not Galen. Sure. Could be Galen. But that was chivalry who did that, and he didn't really break him unless no. they were unless they were doing loyalty tests like this, and he failed. There were, yeah, he might have failed. And he ends up like, I don't know, not really being able to perform his job to a. I, maybe he would have always been that way. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's related to the queen, so yeah, he <laughs> he's a little shady. Yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, the the last sentence, it isn't his loyalty she's worrying about or mine. I took the his as Fitz. Mm-hmm. It isn't Fitz's loyalty she's worrying about or mine being Chade, I thought, the last one. Yeah. So with those substitutions, it isn't Fitz's loyalty she's worrying about or Chade's. I think she is the queen. Okay. I'm not positive, but that's the only she that makes sense that would be privy to those conversations and it's, who Fitz is and what he's being trained in. It's Mistress Hasty. It's, it's Mistress Hasty. <laughs> yes, it is actually. She's worried about the loyalties, okay? Jason was the other one. <laughs> Jason was broken. <laughs> yeah, her shears have been going missing recently and she is worried about Fitz's loyalty to the king because of it. She knows it was him. I think I think the queen convinced Shrewd to be sure of Fitz. Right. And kind of convinced him to do this kind of test. But I also it also doesn't really make sense well, in this sentence. So maybe it would. That would mean that she is more worried about the king's loyalty, right? So she doesn't want the king to use Fitz against Regal. That's true. Yeah. She so she is worried about where his loyalties are and because she probably figured out the note thing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she didn't, but she seems a little bit more capable than people are giving her credit for. And I mean, so she orchestrates chivalry's murder. Yeah. <laughs> so. She's yeah, she's definitely more shifty 
And I think Shrewd is a little blinded because he loves her potentially. Yeah. Even if he's annoyed with her. <laughs> <laughs> Old married couple. Uh-huh. Um, but Except one's a king and... And the other one keeps talking about how she's going to overthrow him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, I think it would make sense if it was the queen. I think it could be that... She's worried about Regal. That's the only one that makes sense to me in those contexts. And also, she has to be a little bit wary because she is running her mouth at every opportunity about (laughs) how she could be queen with or without him. And now she knows that he has an assassin in training. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I just, the only thing that like is tripping me up is that I didn't think that many people knew about shade. Well, they're married. Yeah. So. But Regal doesn't know about her. The only people that we were told before that or know about him, excuse me. The only people that we were told about before that knew about him were Verity and chivalry because they grew up with him. He would, he taught them a little bit. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's pillow talk for them. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it could be. They, they're they married. And Regal vaguely knows that there's an assassin, right? Somebody has to be training Fitz. He knows Fitz is an assassin. Later on, he assumes that Lady Time is the assassin, mm. the poisoner. So maybe she just thinks that Lady Time is the assassin. So she tells maybe Regal that because the king probably, maybe he's embarrassed of his brother and doesn't want his wife to know or maybe he just that's one thing that's close to him but his queen probably talks about Fitz all the time and he's like huh I got you I bound him to loyalty to me by having him train with lady time to be an assassin yeah maybe and yeah. so yeah maybe that's what that's about I don't know another thing we'll never know about the queen yeah. I want to know more about her uh, where's our spinoff book on that right <laughs> All right, get on it, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about Lady Desire before kids. I want to know about her after kids. Uh, yeah, I want a whole book from her perspective mm-hmm. of her rise to power and her thoughts and the whole Galen thing and yeah. handing off the skill scrolls to the Out Islanders, kind of like leading into just like the, the middle of the second book of the series uh-huh. after she passes away and then Regal takes over a little bit. I kind of want the... Yeah. Yeah. That'd be super fun. I agree. Anyway, we've got a lot yeah. of books to go so, through anyway. besides imaginary ones. So <laughs> um, that argument turns into Mrs. Hasty uh, yelling at Birik, who is just stoically standing in between <laughs> Fitz and her. <laughs> yes. And has Vixen with him. Yeah. And he brought her there. To get Fitz to stir because he had to take care of something else, basically. Mm-hmm. So eventually Vixen, after the night, has to go to the bathroom and is really hungry. So Fitz is like, I'll share your mind. Oh, you have to go to the bathroom and are hungry? I guess I am too. So they go mm-hmm. down to the kitchens. Cook is super happy to see him. Cook is one of the best characters. Well, we're kind of skipping a lot before that. There's like a whole page of Bjork being daddy true okay <laughs> anything daddy. specific you want to talk about it because yes okay um so burek stays with him when mistress hasty comes like he passes back out and then wakes up because burek had tugged free his pillow and was fluffing it and putting it back to the cool side because he has a fever yeah. and then they have a whole conversation about 
how Burek can't figure out why Fitz is so sick. Fitz, there's nothing the matter with you that I've ever seen before. At least, whatever's the matter with you isn't in your guts or your blood. If you were a bit older, I'd suspect you had woman problems. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty funny. Um, But he's worried. He's worried. Fitz is not himself, and he wants to take care of him, and he's, you know genuinely concerned about Fitz. And it's just a really sweet moment between Burek and Fitz that I really liked seeing. I like how um, he asks, you know, what's going on? And Fitz is like, I'm just so alone. And he's like, he can't say anything about shade. Right. He promised that too. Yeah. It's a secret, Yeah, but you know, he's so alone. And then Burek, Fitz, I'm right here. How can you say you're alone? <laughs> oh, oh, Burek. <laughs> oh, um, oh. Yeah. yeah, that like kind of broke my heart because it's, I don't know. It's so sweet, but also Burek obviously doesn't mean literally. <laughs> like, <laughs> Takes him at his face, though, because it's Burek. True. true. Calls Fitz Fitz, you know. But they ended the conversation with neither of them understanding what the other meant that's just it's a succinct explanation of their relationship basically yeah they have so many misunderstandings throughout Mm -hmm. their whole time knowing each other yeah and they see eye to eye very rarely but when they do it's it's great yeah (laughs) and they have very similar values and Bjork did for as much as i harped on Bjork earlier for not taking good care of fits he did instill work ethic and a good like good personality traits in general to him so moral compass and obviously we were missing out on the good Burek content like him tucking fits in every night right um so it's nice to get to see a little just a little dive into Burek actually being a father figure to Fitz and caring about him and caring for him and then doing a very Burek thing by leaving something for Fitz to take care of instead of trying to help him himself, just giving Fitz the tools to do it. So anyway. So Fitz has to eventually get up and help Vixen. So he gets up and brings her back down to Burek's stable and Burek is like, well, you helped one dog. Here's some puppies. Uh-huh. Keep this one alive because it's the runt, basically. So yeah. Fitz is tasked with that and his mind is occupied and he's sharing the mind with the puppy. And mm-hmm. Burek is stern with him and warns him not to do that. But he's not as, you know, black hearted, angry yeah. about using it. He's just like, don't do that. It's not good for you, which it's not. It's, no. it's complete and- escapism yeah. because Fitz says... I'm not at all sure that Burek was right, that bonding with a puppy wouldn't solve anything. I longed for his warm little world of straw and siblings and milk and mother. At that moment, I could imagine no better one. Uh, To be fair, I often feel like my problems would be solved with getting a puppy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's not good for him to bond with a puppy like that. But also just to take away from you know his life as it is as it stands so um he helps the helps the pup and 
Beric takes him to the soldiers' mess hall, mm-hmm. so he's not looked at. So he's kind of ignored while he's just eating. It's a familiar place to Fitz. And he had been working within 12 feet away from Fitz all day. Yeah. So as not to have him alone. Uh-huh. It's like not as talking if, to him. It's but... as if Beard took him at his word uh-huh. that he was alone. <laughs> Which is so cute. It's just like, well, he said he's lonely, so I'm going to stand here. <laughs> oh, Beard, we all love you. Yes. And um, then Beard took him out back to show him a purposeful way of drinking. Uh-huh. And Cook came out to scold him for Go giving cook. strong spirits to a mere boy. But he gave her one of his quiet stares that reminded me of the first night I had met him when he'd faced down a whole room of soldiers over chivalry's good name, and she left. This is the second time in two pages that we get a look of Beryx that sends someone away that reminds them of when Beryx was the man that everybody wanted, the man that could stand up to a room of soldiers. Mm-hmm. Beryx briefly has found a purpose. Yeah. And has really embraced it, and he found a drive for it. He found that inner fire of his, even if it's a a wrong direction of getting a boy drunk, a 11-year-old boy drunk. Which is so, oh, Bjork. And, I mean, he's obviously having Fitz do what he did when Fitz came to him. Oh, yeah. This is how he coped. Yeah. Yeah, It says, now you'll sleep, he informed me in a thick voice, and tomorrow we'll do the same again. And again, until one day you get up and find out that whatever it was didn't kill you after all. Which is so sad. I like... That's exactly what Beric did. Yeah. Which is sad that that's how he felt for so long. And he had to deal with that alone. And I'm grateful to Beric for being there for Fitz. Mm-hmm. But he's a little misguided because this is an <laughs> 11-year-old. So so maybe don't teach him to go to the bottle. <laughs> Take care of your emotions a little bit better. Uh-huh. There's There are better ways to cope with things. Yes. But it did get Fitz out and moving. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't the best thing, it says that the alcohol broke something inside of Fitz. Yeah. And he was able to let out emotions that he's probably been keeping inside since his grandfather dropped him off. Yeah. I think I cried every tear I had never shed since the day my grandfather forced my mother to abandon me. Yeah. And Shade hears that and comes down and comforts him. Yeah. He found his arms around him and rocking him. Mm -hmm. Um, But before that, he does say Mir. Yeah. Do you think that's his mom's name? Hmm. Maybe. I mean, I at first I thought maybe it was like, come here, like, come that's, here. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, too. But it doesn't have an apostrophe before it, which would denote that it was like a, you know, a word that was shortened. Um, and it's capitalized. I mean, it is the first word of the sentence. It's the only word of the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but. It, it could be. That, that's an interesting thought. I'd, yeah. I always thought it was like Kamir too, but I don't know. I guess just sense. right after talking about his mom, his mom being forced to abandon him, mm-hmm. the like random word just, I thought maybe it was his mom's name, but that's also an odd name even for this I mean, world. so is Kepit. <laughs> true. True. Maybe it's pronounced Mara or I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Mayor? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting thought, though. I don't think we ever get a name later, mm-hmm. so... 
You heard it here first, folks. His mom's name is Mir. Watch, we find out what her actual name is. Like <laughs> in a few chapters, yeah. it's like, and her name was Kathy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Shade comes and rocks him as if he were a much younger child. Yeah. You were right, he said into my hair quietly, calmingly. You were right. I was asking you to do something wrong, and you were right to refuse it. You won't be tested that way again, not by me. And we know it, it wasn't his choice to begin with. Mm-hmm. We know he didn't want to do that testing. Yeah. And Chade brings him something to make him fall asleep pretty much instantly. Yeah. So he's finally able to sleep. And <laughs> <laughs> I awoke near dawn and reported to Birik after a hearty breakfast. I was quick at my chores and attentive to my charges and could not un- at all understand why he had awakened so headachy and grumpy. He <laughs> muttered something once about his father's head for spirits and then dismissed me early, <laughs> telling me to take my whistling elsewhere. <laughs> This part gave me a good laugh because it is very oh, like got experience Birk is with like, that. Both ends. Yep. Virk is like what in his thirties? He's, he's about thirty. Yeah. So I could understand. As someone who is mid twenties, just starting to feel the pain of hangovers, <laughs> I understand <laughs> how frustrating it is to look at somebody much younger who is not affected at all by the night before. I think that probably has something to do with uh, Chade as well. Well, probably, but... But at the same time... (laughs) Also, he's super young. He's super young. Um. We could recover from that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, then we get King Shrewd summoning Fitz. Yes. And Shrewd serves him food out of his own hand, Mm -hmm. sits him down, they eat together, which is a crazy thing. Right. Says the gesture was not lost on me, but even so, I could not bring myself... to eat much. He only spoke of the food and and nothing about bargains or loyalty or anything mm-hmm. until Fitz finished eating and pushed his plate away. And the king is very uncomfortable when he brings up the next topic. It was my idea. It was my idea, he said suddenly, almost harshly. Not his. He never approved of it. I insisted. When you're older, you'll understand. I can take no chances, not on anyone. But I promised him that you'd know this right from me. It was all my own idea, never his. And I will never ask him to try your mettle in such a way again. On that, you have a king's word. That's why I think that second sentence 100% is King Shrewd's. Because mm-hmm. it, it again says, try your mettle. Right. And then mm-hmm. King Shrewd dismisses him. Uh-huh. And Fitz... Lock size. Lock size with him. Staring at him, picks up a small paring knife and right in front of him sticks it up his sleeve. Super obviously. Yep. Shrewd widens his eyes, but doesn't say anything. So this is what I wanted to come back to about why I think it's a skilling thing. So the king has now told Fitz to Fitz's face, this was my command I said it's okay. Oh. I'm sorry. I see where you're going with this, yeah. And then Fitz does it. He has gone this whole time saying, I absolutely will not steal from the king. Yep. And as soon as the king said, I said it, I said to do it, he does it. 
And so that's why I'm like, this has to be skill. Why he has been so like it literally made him sick for days. Yeah. Because he would not do it. He didn't care that like he well, he cared, but he wasn't going to do this knowing that it was cutting off a part of his life that he loved. And yet in the face of the king, he stole the knife. Borrowed. Borrowed. Well, <laughs> I don't think the king ever gets it back, so. <laughs> I'm just making a little clarification that Jade does, you know? Right, right. A little adjustment there. <laughs> um, two nights later after that, so it's been about a week since he got, well, almost a week since he got very drunk with Burek. Has it been? Yep. Oh, yep. It's, uh, yep. Three uh, days and then, f- yep. Okay. A couple days before Shrewd summons him and then oh. three days before, or two nights before Shade does. And they resumed their lessons like nothing ever happened, really. He shows him Slink the Weasel dancing for sausages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I had to mark because I just thought that was a really funny image in my mind. Shade spent at least a week teaching his weasel how to dance yep. for treats yep <laughs> maybe more i don't know i've never had to a lot train of a weasel yeah. he's got a lot of time in there <laughs> i assume weasels are harder to train than dogs but i base that on zero Slink real world likes his sausages so i don't know he does like maybe, his sausages. Uh, maybe it's pretty easy he's very food oriented <laughs> food motivated you know? i hear that's e- makes it easier with dogs yeah so, <laughs> so before fitz leaves he takes out the knife and he stabs it into the mantle. Well, first he says he placed it. <laughs> yeah. And then he's yeah. like, well, <laughs> by placed, I mean I stabbed yeah. it. Actually, I drove it blade first into the wood of the shelf. Then I left without speaking of it or meeting his eyes. In fact, we never spoke of it. I believe that the knife is still there. And it is. It is. Yeah. He comes back, I think, in the Tawny Man trilogy is when he sees it next. Uh huh. And it's still there. Yep. Which, okay. So, was he supposed to steal the knife, or was he not? So, the test was he shouldn't steal it at all. Because if he was loyal to the king, he would not do anything to harm the king. Even if his master or someone who's below the king that was maybe directed Uh by someone or has authority over him tells him to he should be loyal to the king alone and they were waiting days because fitz could still do it right so i don't know what the end result of that would be like i don't know how long they would have waited or anything but i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure he did the correct thing and not doing it okay so then did he mess it up by doing it in the end (laughs) like i think I think Shrewd took that as like a, okay, okay, this guy's got spirit. Like, that's fine. We're, right. This is a mess. We'll put it behind us. I told you that it was my idea. Shrewd probably figured it out if he d- is the one that did the skilling. So right. he probably knew that there was a little driving factor behind that. Which then... If he knows that he's skilled, like, if he did skill into Fitz, this sense of loyalty, he should know. Well, I guess maybe he just isn't sure if it's stuck, because you don't know yeah, you, how susceptible people are. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm assuming, at least. Yeah. You still want to test people. Because, again, we, we don't think that it's, like, chivalry's manipulations of Galen 
where he makes him mm-hmm. love chivalry. Yeah. So Trude is a master and did it subtly. So you, you kind of want to still test somebody and make right. it seem it's their own volition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm assuming even without like breaking down in shade, you know, coming to him, mm-hmm. he would have passed, but it would have been continuously rougher for him. Yeah. Which I think it's telling that shade finally broke down when Fitz was just bawling in his room because she does care about him. And I mean, he's angry before that based off the skill conversation. He doesn't want to hurt Fitz and he's, I mean, he loves him just like Burek does. Yeah. They both have weird ways of showing it (laughs) and they're not super great role models, but you know, they love him and, they want him to know that he's cared for, so And that's all that Fitz wants. Yeah. It's um it's another roller coaster of a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to go over about motivations mm-hmm. and about like formative events right. in Fitz's life. Mm-hmm. I mean that's basically what the whole beginning of the book is. I th- I feel like we say that every single chapter, but <laughs> this is written in a way where it breezes over to the next big event Mm -hmm. and this kind of defines a relationship with both the king and with jade and with biric Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of crazy to see at the beginning of the chapter fits go from like these are some of the best days that i've had at the keep ever Mm -hmm. i'm playing games i have a friend we get to talk I'm learning a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. People have to keep like me now because I'm yeah. asking them questions. Which I do want to ask quick. He is so distraught at losing shade. Yeah. Why hasn't he tried to make any friendships like that that aren't based in secrecy? Do you think? Obviously, you don't know for sure, but I think he's pretty busy. Mm-hmm. He's 11 year old kid. None of the adults that he talks to. Right. And learns information from are going to want to like actually befriend him. Right. The cook seems to be super pleased. It says somewhere in the chapter that she was more pleased than he thought anybody could be to see him. Right. She gives him special. Yeah. It's like six rashers of bacon. Which also, if you've ever had a rasher of bacon, is not real American bacon. Um, It's like ham, basically. It's a step below ham. It's a step below ham. And I had a rasher once and was very disappointed i (laughs) I just wanted to point that out it's still salty ham like still salty pork meat but bacon is so good i don't know that's (laughs) a tangent on itself but (laughs) but yeah so and the first day is bread fresh baked bread Ugh, a woman after my own heart all the good stuff yeah (laughs) cook is cook was super happy to see him so he is friendly with people and has a reputation for, for being a sharp lad, but he's mm-hmm. still 11 years old. Right. And he's busy with his lessons. And I guess the kids of the keep don't really want to. Yeah, exactly. They, it's just what he mentioned before, I think, too. It's just the, the difference in what they were kind of interested in and their right. circles that they ran in. And I'm sure since Fitz was, you know, looking forward to these secret lessons what 11 year old boy wouldn't want to just focus all his attention on like when when's my next prank i get to play you right. know because it, it? it does feel like a prank a bunch of pranks to him yeah 
So he's still alone and everything, but I don't know. But now he has somebody who, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah you're right. From happy to devastated back to normal. Yeah. Overall, chalk one up for the happy column. <laughs> Except for, you know, a week. I mean, yeah. Except for that time when he was like in bed physically ill from how upset he was. But yep. other than that. <laughs> physically ill and clinically depressed for a week. But then besides that, the whole NBD. year was good. <laughs> yeah, it's only a week out of the year. Yeah, That's... who doesn't have a bad week now and then? <laughs> yeah. It was actually pretty good, you know? Yeah. It's especially good for Fitz's life. True. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. And if you have any comments about the episode, feel free to leave us an email at isfitshappy at gmail.com or on any of our social media pages. And tell your friends about us. Let us uh, spread out and, you know, show the world how good these books are. Yeah. And also, please share memes with us because oh, yeah. we love memes about this book we have been making a few but we would also love to show your artwork (laughs) when it comes to these so please feel free to send your dankest memes (laughs) (laughs) and if you guys could rate and review us on any of your favorite podcasting apps we'd absolutely appreciate it yes bye rat dogs (laughs) They talk about rat dogs on this one. We didn't even talk about it. I really wanted to. 